Well, we've been talking about the virtues, and, uh, in, and justice is one of the, what we call the cardinal virtues. There are seven virtues. We talk about the four cardinal virtues or human virtues that we all have some kind of access to just by the a- application of our own human reason, our own thinking, right? Um, and, uh, uh, and so we've talked, about, we've talked about prudence, we've talked about fortitude, we've talked about wisdom, you know, oh, um, Let's see. Of course, the moment you start talking about these things, you immediately lose your place. Uh, But the the uh, the four virtues that we that we talk about: prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. And then the three theological virtues, which are faith, hope, and charity. And those are infused by the special gift of God, in particular through our baptism. But justice, what do you think about when you first, when you hear the word justice? What do you think about? Anybody want to volunteer something? Criminal law. Criminal law. Okay. It's one aspect of justice. What do you think about? Um, I think justice is, is about fighting for your rights. Okay. Right. Uh, someone's, someone's rights. Okay. Very good. When we talk about justice is, you know, again, it's something very natural. We can think about this with our own reason. Um, it's also, I like to think of justice, the whole big broad picture. We're going to talk about all these little handmade virtues that are kind of pieces of this big broader picture of justice. Justice is at its heart giving to someone what is due to them. Giving to somebody something that they deserve. Okay? And so really justice if you think about it, is the fulfillment of the whole of the Ten Commandments. Remember when the, the, uh, in, in the gospel, the uh, um, lawyer comes to Jesus, and at that point in the gospel, I think they're just trying to figure him out. Where are you in the whole you know, mix? Later on, they're trying to trip him up. But, but early on, they let's give them the benefit of the doubt. They're trying to Speaking of justice, we'll give them their due. Um, they, they're trying to figure him out. And so this lawyer asks him, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And what does Jesus answer? He says, You will love God above all things, with all your, hope, your body, soul, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. On this hangs the whole law and the prophets. And so it was, if you've been in my class, you know when we talk about the Ten Commandments, we like to break them down for easy remembrance into two tables of the law, right? Because Moses had two tablets of the law. And the first is our duty to God, and the second is our duty to our neighbor. So there are two aspects of justice. If we're going to give someone what is due to that person, right? Some, give that someone what they deserve, well, if we're giving God what God deserves, that's what we call the virtue of religion. That's the worship and the love that we give to God. And following his commandments, trying to learn his will so that we can follow his will. That's one aspect of justice. Now, that's one aspect of justice that you're not going to get in a legal textbook, right? But that's one aspect of it because it's giving to God what is due to God. And what's due to God isn't due to anybody else. 
That's why in those commandments is you will have no other gods before me, right? You will not take the name of the Lord in vain, right? You will remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. But the second table of the law is our duty to other people, right? All those commandments, you know, do not uh, honor your father and mother, do not kill, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not covet. Uh, uh, your, your neighbor's uh, spouse, do not cover your neighbor's goods. All those are a duty to our neighbor. And again, if you've been in my class, you know that with each one of those commandments, it may sound great, don't kill. Great, I haven't killed anybody, not since breakfast. Uh, I mean, <laughs> okay. Um, but there's more to it than that, right? It's treating people with the respect that they deserve so that you don't, you know, you can break that commandment if you're treating somebody cruelly or if you're, um, uh, you know, in, in, in other ways and so forth. Um, so justice is giving to everyone what is their due. And our theologians and philosophers have played around with this and trying to understand it for centuries. I remember when I was not much older than some of you, it was, I was a senior in high school, so, but I was young as a senior in high school, so I was probably 16 at that point. And I first read the dialogue by Plato called the Euthyphro. And if you know Plato at all, and you will someday, Plato's, uh, how he likes, how his character, Socrates, would talk to people and try to figure out what do they know, and he'd ask them questions, and he'd wind them up, and they'd find out that they really don't know anything. <laughs> they think they know. And so Euthyphro is going to court because justice. And Socrates says, oh, what is justice? And Euthyphro goes through just over and over many different definitions and each time Socrates kind of breaks it down with his questions and turns out that's not quite right. So anyway, um, but justice is about, uh, you know, the philosophers for many centuries, theologians have toyed, have, 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 you know, puzzled about this and we talk about their three basic kinds of justice besides that justice in religion, which is giving God what God is due. We talk about commutative justice. That's honoring our commitments, okay? And our contracts. If you've off, if somebody is, you know, you enter into an arrangement where if you do this, then I'll do that. Well, if the other person did what they, their part of the bargain, in justice, you owe them what you'd promised to do, right? So, uh, think about, you know, in your own uh, um, home life. Suppose your parents tell you to shovel the snow. And, you know, if you do, I'll give you some, you know, something. Give you some kind of a treat or, or you know, uh, maybe your or, or maybe your allowance is, depends upon you doing certain things, right? If you do those things, then your parents owe you that because that was the arrangement, right? Or if your parents tell you to do something, you're obligated to do what, they, what they've asked you to do. It's what you owe them. It's your duty. It's, your, it's, your, uh, it's a commutative justice. But of course, we'd also talked about the one that seems to come to our mind the most, and that's legal justice, right? And that's our duty not just to one other person, but to our whole community at large. 
because we are not just isolated individuals making contracts with each other, you know, trying making arrangements with each other. We live in a whole community in which we're bound by the rules of that community in order to make our whole life together good. Okay? So if someone breaks the rules of that community, there should be a sanction. There should be something due to them, namely a punishment of some sort, depending on how serious the violation is. And you know what? Our bigger community, our city, our state, our country, um, is also, you know, kind of a, on a larger scale, like our family too, if our parents have rules, and there are certain rules for our house functioning well, and everybody getting along, and you break those rules, yeah, there should be a punishment, because that's due to you. Now, the punishment should always fit the crime. It shouldn't be over, because, again, justice is a two-way street. You owe the community, whether it's your family or your city or your state or your country, certain obligations, and your country, your city, your state, your family owe you certain things too. So you should be treated fairly, okay? So if you broke a rule, you should be punished, but not punished in a way that's just so way over the, you know, the, the uh, um, uh, out of bounds, you know, if somebody steals $5, you don't put them in jail for the rest of their life, right? Maybe you do some other kind of punishment or make them do some kind of community service or something to make it better, right? But justice involves treating people fairly. And then, and, uh, and uh, it really is all summed up in exactly what, what, the, what our Lord says, you know, do as, do to others as you would have them do to you. When I was in college, there was a song I really liked called Justice by a Canadian singer named Bruce Coburn. And he had a wonderful line in that song where he said, everybody who loves to see justice done on somebody else. And I think when we, it's so easy for us to think, oh, that person has wronged me. I should get even, or, you know, I, I have, I'm not getting my rights respected and fail to think about what is my responsibility towards somebody else. Everybody loves to see justice done on somebody else. But then when it's up to me, it's like, no, no, I, I, let me give my excuses for why I, you know, why I, I don't deserve that punishment. Well, maybe I do. So as Christians, we need to reflect on how we have not been treating people the way we would want to be treated. It's a little bit more than, you know, if, if, you know when we think about our relationship with God, if we, uh, you know, we, we are, will all be judged with perfect justice of God and with perfect mercy. And if we reflect on our own lives and the many sins in our lives, we should be holding out for mercy. <laughs> You know, um, because uh, justice untempered by mercy can be cruel. It can be excessive. Um, and then finally, so we've talked about commutative justice. That's that relationship between two people agreeing, you know, in their relationship. We talk about legal justice. 
and you know even within the legal justice if somebody is being charged with a crime they've got rights to be able to defend themselves to have you know to be presumed innocent until proven guilty that kind of thing because we're treating people how i'd like to be treated if i got accused of something if i got accused of something i wouldn't want to have to prove that i didn't do it I want the person who's accusing me to prove that I did do it, right? And so we, 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 uh, we treat uh, the others as we would wish to be treated. So we've got community justice, we've got uh, legal justice, and then finally there's distributive justice that the theologians talk about. And that's how well are the goods of society, since we're all in this together, how well are they distributed? Now there's going to be some inequalities throughout, and our Lord said, you know, uh, that, that you will always have the poor with you. But if the society is really upside down, and there are like a really small group of people who have everything, and other people don't have even the bare minimum that they need for a dignified life, that's unjust. That violates distributive justice. How the goods of society are, should be, should be ev as evenly distributed as we can do so, so that everyone is treated with dignity. Because fundamental to our understanding of what does everybody deserve, Everybody deserves to be treated with dignity because each one of us is made in the divine image and likeness. Each one of us is made to love and to be loved for all eternity. And so uh, we can look at how our society in the past and even today, our society, other societies, and again, it's so easy, again, just like everybody wants to see justice done on somebody else, it's so easy to look at some other community and say, I'm glad my country is not like that. Maybe we should start, we should think also about our own country and where we might have failed and things like racism, treating people badly because their skin color is different than ours or treating people badly in, you know, for other reasons, right? We have a long history of that sort of thing in our country and we've been working for a couple of hundred years to try to root it out and there's still some work to do. So anyway, that's justice in kind of a broad overview. And now Father McConville and Father Moriarty will be talking about some of the ancillary uh, virtues. Well, as Deacon mentioned, we have the opportunity, Father McConville and I, oh, and by the way, the reason why it's appropriate for him to do this, he's a lawyer. <laughs> Plus, he's a canon lawyer. So I mean, it's just like double law, God's law, church law, and civil law. You just can't get more lawyered up than that, right? So... Tonight, I get to talk about four of the handmade virtues, they're called. In other words, virtues that live out in a slightly different way and support what justice ultimately is, and then Father McConville as well. We're just going to spend a little bit more than a minute and a half on each one. First and foremost, I've already told you about gratitude. Notice, notice we owe God a thank you. This is why we go to church not because Father wants a collection. I need a collection to keep the lights on, okay? To keep the heat on. But that's not why you go to church. You don't go to church so that I can have an audience. I like an audience. It's a whole lot better than talking to a camera. But the reason is you owe God a thank you. Isn't that remarkable? God made you. God gave you gifts. God has offered you forgiveness. 
God is giving you so much, the least, but most important thing, it's amazing, the least we can do is really the most important thing, and that is say a thank you. Young people here, maybe some of the older ones in the higher elementary, mass is called three different things. It's called, of course, mass. It's called divine liturgy, and it's also called, begins with an E, sounds like a U. What is it? One of the older students? Sixth, seventh, or eighth grade? What? You, ka, go ahead. Eucharist. That's a big fancy word for thanksgiving. Notice, it's something God deserves from us. And guess what? You're going to do that forever in heaven. Get used to it now. I hope you don't find it boring. Next, obedience. This is something we do owe obedience to God. We owe obedience to the church. You owe obedience to your parents. You owe obedience to the state. And of course, anything that's not uh, illegal or anything that's not evil, we owe obedience to. Um, remember, boys and girls, you can be disobedient to your parents if they tell you to do something evil. Not something you don't like. I mean something evil. Even St. Thomas Aquinas, his parents wanted him to do something evil in his family. And he said no. It was very sad that his parents wanted him to do something bad. Uh, again, I can't remember, but hopefully they changed and we're very sorry about that. Now, obedience, why do we owe somebody else that? Because, like our parents, they have been given to you by God. They have a longer life, which means they have more wisdom and experience, and they have the authority to help you to do what's right, to know what's right from wrong, and to just, somebody's got to make the decision. Somebody has to make the decision who wakes up at what time. It has to happen. Somebody's got to make that decision. So obedience is what you owe your parents, and again, up. Even, I know it sounds strange, you call me father, you do owe me a kind of obedience. But guess what? I said we will have family catechesis once a month on the second Wednesday of the month, and here you are. Thank you. <laughs> Next, prayerfulness. Prayerfulness starts with you and I very physically being ready for prayer. It is okay to pray, parrots, while you're driving. It's okay to pray while you're walking, but you know one of the or while you're doing certain kinds of work. But prayerfulness means not just getting prayer in during different times, but prayerfulness means do I think prayer is important enough that I'm going to have dedicated time to prayer? That I won't pray with the television on or with my backlit screen distracting me? This is part of what I owe God. I owe God my ears, my eyes, my mental attention, and a heart ready for his words. Can you imagine the angel Gabriel coming to Mary? Excuse me, I'm, I'm busy right now. You know, like, or while the angel's speaking, she, you know, she's still, because she was probably working. We have uh, different stained glass windows upstairs showing how she was, uh, you might say, either plying the needle or she might have been at the distaff making wool. Probably making wool is what she was doing. It's like, 
Really interesting. Hmm. Look, I know women can do multiple things at once, but if an angel comes to you, probably put what you're doing down and give the angel a little time. And then regards to God, that's exactly what we do. We want to foster a kind of interior preparation and exterior preparation. This is why sometimes kneeling, I'll never forget the first time when I knelt next to my bed and prayed alone. Because my parents would often pray with me, but I'll never, I mean, I'm sure I prayed it early, but I'll never forget during Lent, when I was like in third grade, I'm gonna do this all by myself. I'm gonna, I mean, I should have done it earlier, I hope I did it earlier, but I'll never forget getting the adult version of the Stations of the Cross and doing them by myself. You know, that was kind of a big deal. But I wanted to get in that appropriate state of mind and body to be prayerful. Trustworthiness is the last handmaiden virtue I'll speak about, and then Father McConville will take over. You know, being trustworthy means that your parents can give you a job and they trust you will do it. You know what? You owe it to someone when you say, yes, mom, you owe it to them. And guess who else you owe it to? You owe it to yourself. When you say yes, that's a promise. You owe it to yourself to be a young man or a young woman of integrity. To be someone who says, I said yes, I will do this. Now remember, you can always change your mind about something evil or something that isn't good or something that's not good enough. As a lawyer once told me, it's never too late to do something right. <laughs> Ever, never too late. We don't wanna talk about that situation, but never mind. Um, so the whole point is, the only time you wanna change your mind about when you've made a commitment is if you could do something better or if you have to avoid doing something wrong or if your authority under obedience tells you to do something different. So again, trustworthy. When you say, I will clean my room by 12 noon today, do it. For your sake, you owe it to yourself to be a trustworthy person and you owe it to that person you promised. Father McConville. The other three cardinal virtues, all right, prudence, temperance, fortitude, all of those tend to be about me, right? Temperance, how much stuff am I going to deal with? How much am I going to eat, drink, sleep, work out, whatever? Temperance, moderation, right? Prudence, making decisions. Should I do this? Should I not do that? Me, right? Fortitude, this is tough. I don't want to do it, but I know I have to do it. Me. Justice isn't about just us. <laughs> right? It's about, it's not just, just me. It's about relationships. So the virtues that connect us with justice in that general sense are really the beginnings, they're the seeds of charity, of love, because they talk about our relationships with others. How do we live these relationships in a right way, in a proper way, in a way that's fitting? And notice what that does. 
if you hear what, what Deacon and Father were talking about as far as various aspects of justice, we see things like truth. We hear things like goodness. These are the things that we look to when we love. So if I'm not being just with people, if I'm not fulfilling those basic obligations that exist simply because the other person exists, if I'm not doing that, then it seems silly to talk about doing anything more. I say to my mom, I love you, mom. I hope I bought you a really nice refrigerator box. Go live under the interstate in. I hope, you know, it's a new box, because I love you. You'd, you'd slap me. You'd say, what's wrong with you? You don't treat your mother that way. But I'm being just, aren't I? No, you're not being just. If we're not just, we can't really talk about love. So these virtues that I've got, four of them that I'm going to talk about, really reflect that truth, goodness, beauty, how it is that when we live this way, which is just, it has to do with that relationship that's there. It opens us up, not only for love of others, but others who are in relationship with us, seeing us behaving this way, say, wow, I want to be in that relationship. For example, the first one, sincerity. The great word, sincere. Now, I'm told this is not the origin of the word, but I don't care because it works. There's two Latin words that it sounds like, sine cherus, sine without cherus, wax. Like what you make candles out of, without wax. Father Moriarty's got family members that own an apple orchard. And if you got lousy apples and you want to make them look good, you put wax on them, you buff them up, they look nice and shiny. There, buy that nice, shiny, rotten apple. That's not sincere. <laughs> sincere is without wax. We are what we are. My chaplain assistant, when I was in the army, used to call himself a WYSIWYG. What you see is what you get. WYSIWYG. And that's what uh, we want to be. Sincerity is what we owe people to live truthfully, honestly with one another. We speak what we, we mean what we say, we say what we mean. An elephant's faithful 100%, right? So we can be like Horton, it's wonderful. So that's sincerity. Patriotism is an interesting part of justice. Deacon talked about this this commutative justice, this notion of what we owe to others in a broad sense, well, certainly we recognize our country. Me as an individual, I can do a lot of stuff, but I can't produce all the food I eat. I can't protect myself from bad people. I can't build roads that I need to go to take me where I want to go. I need other people to in, be involved in my life for those things to happen. And by being committed to this common place, this spot where all of this is happening. It's a way that I show that respect for, respect for my country, respect for all of those people and institutions that help me live the life I'm able to live in this society. 
And so patriotism, again, patria, fatherland, that idea that our land nurtures us somehow. Loyalty. Again, loyalty is very similar to sincerity. It means that we'll take responsibility, that we are, that we are again, sort of trustworthiness. There's, again, a, 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 a valuing of truth, valuing of I am what I am. You can rely on me. Other people want that, obviously, if they say, okay, I'm going to ask you to do this for me. We want them to do it for us. So loyalty, how folks will respond to us because they know when we say we're going to do, we're going to do. And finally, generosity. As I said, justice is the first step of charity. If we don't start with that basic fundamental way that we should treat each other, Anything beyond that seems silly. Well, generosity actually starts to get us on that track towards love of our neighbor. Because we're not just saying, oh, I owe you this, meh, right? Just kind of, I owe you three, three bucks, meh, there. One, two, three, right? We don't just kind of toss it here. I did that to my mom once. Yeah, it was her birthday. And she said, did you get me a birthday card? And I said, yeah. And I threw it to her. Whoa, yeah. Well, I got her her birthday card. Justice. Leave me alone. Of course, you're all looking at me. Well, what a rotten son. Exactly, because generosity. Dearest mother, <laughs> on this day, you know, I mean, a little presentation, a little finesse, something. We do what we are supposed to do, sure. But we don't just go bump. We don't just drop it and say, I'm done. We are generous. We're willing to go over and above. Because we recognize, again, like Deacon was saying, do unto others as, they would, as you would have them do unto you. Would I want somebody to chuck a birthday card at me? No, it'd be nice to hand it to me. So again, all of these virtues, justice is, is getting us outside of ourselves, not just how do I make sure that my house is in order, but now how my house opens up to other people.